0: That's a growler.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and bastion hides the movie The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt.
0: And I'm Tierney
1: Steele.
0: I'm getting better at controlling that. (laughs) You're proud of (laughs) me. I'll
1: get you again. Don't worry.
0: We're we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Welcome back. Today we're talking about Minute 6. Minute 6 starts with Bastion being mugged, essentially, by the three bullies who have chased him into an alley. And it ends with Bastion entering a bookshop. Things are looking up.
1: So my first note is, while Bastion is being mugged, he is being rather cordial about it. And when the boys are having trouble lifting him, he gives them a hand. To make sure that they can get him into the trash can properly.
0: Well, so, I'm, I'm going to rephrase into the dumpster. Okay. This is a full-on dumpster. They're not just <laughs> tipping him into a trash can on the street. They have chased him into a deserted alley and throw him in a dumpster. Um, but, yes, yeah, so... I I do have the note, poor actor playing Bastion, who is trying to struggle without actually getting dropped as they boost him into the dumpster. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that's just self-preservation that you can't help of, oh, God, these guys are going to drop me. His his legs are going in two different directions at one point. I I can't really blame. I I can't fault Barrett Oliver for (laughs) doing that.
1: Did you notice the way bully number one grabs his hair for a second? That seems kind of odd to me.
0: They're jerks. I mean, <laughs> they are the three bullies for a reason. I'm just so annoyed because they tell Bastion he's going in the dumpster because he doesn't have any money to give them. Right. And I know these guys aren't in Mensa, but what good does that is not a cause and effect. Like, that Well, doesn't...
1: <laughs> you want to cause some pain to this kid. And since you can't take his money, you know, make him pay with his pride. I guess.
0: I mean, I I get that it's a bully thing and that that's what's happening. I just... Those two things do not connect in my... my, Like, that doesn't... Putting him in the dumpster does not get you money. (laughs) Therefore, like, you could... Bullies could do both those things. I understand that. I'm just so... Trying not to totally over-fixate on the fact that they say, because you don't have any money. There's no
1: causality between the two.
0: Yes, yes. It's it's very frustrating. But again, it's because they're jerk bullies. So So
1: we've already discussed that we're in a very urban area. Mm -hmm. And this is a dumpster in the middle of a deep, dark alley. Yeah, You see nothing but buildings and graffiti and mm-hmm. solid walls and uh a, a, a asphalt floor. Where does this grass come from that is stuck in Bastion's hair?
0: Oh, see, I have a question of what is that on him?
1: It looks like grass to me. Like long...
0: It looks like spaghetti to me. But it's not. But it kind of... It's it's not grass. Um, before... Maybe
1: paper shreddings?
0: Oh, but well, paper shirts would be smaller. I'm just trying to see if I can like freeze it and get a better sense of that. When they're when they're dumping him into the dumpster, one of the bullies says maybe the chicken can lay an egg in there because he called him a chicken last minute. Right. I just have to do a little mini plug for another podcast I'm involved in with uh, Return to Oz Minute. Okay, There's lots of talk of chickens and laying eggs in that yes, one. Yes, there is. If you want to know more, tune in at Oz Minute. Uh, but in this one,
1: what was her name? Henrietta.
0: Oh, no, the chicken's name is Belina.
1: Belina, that's right.
0: And she's fantastic, but <laughs> I will try and focus and not wrong show you to death. I did have the question. Any thoughts as to what is on him?
1: I My first initial thought was was grass, like really, really long grass. But then the closest thing I could imagine it would be after that would be shredded paper.
0: But usually, sh- well, no, I guess if it's the long strips. Right. I guess I could see grass, but it's like... It's not hay, but.
1: Maybe that's closer to what I'm thinking is like.
0: It's something between grass and hay, and the only time I can think of using it is like when you're doing sets and drama or something, and you need. No, because that, that'd be hay, like bales of hay, and then loose. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's too limp for that. It, it's they
1: found not. something that, that did a good enough job to make him come out messy without having to be gross, I suppose.
0: Well, see, as a kid, it looked like spaghetti to me, so that's pretty gross, but... (laughs) Well, and also, what else would be in the garbage? You know, as you pointed out, this is an urban environment. Even if it's not exactly grass or hay, it's an organic material. Right. It makes no sense.
1: So Bastion walks around the corner, thinking he's gotten away relatively scot-free, he got all the stuff off of him, only to realize... His friends have been waiting for him.
0: Don't say friends. Yes, my my note is, <laughs> even as an adult sitting in my own living room, that voiceover of, Hey, kid, who said you could get out of the garbage? Gave me chills.
1: Aww. <laughs>
0: These are the worst bullies. They're so awful. So, yeah, Sebastian manages to climb out of the dumpster. And you can tell he's upset. Like, this is a little fastidious kid. Look at how mad he is, like, wiping everything off him. Yep. And you think he's gotten away.
1: And you can, he, Barrett right. Oliver's, for a child actor, he was such a great actor. You can instantly tell, even with the sound off, mm-hmm. the realization as it comes to him that, oh no, they're still here.
0: <sighs> yep. And we have an update to the insults for children list. <laughs> we now can add to weirdo Jerk and chicken, wimp. Wimp. If you're a child who wants to insult another child, you can call them a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be teaching kids this, but right. I think, I'm just I think so most kids that
1: are listening to this are beyond these insults anyway.
0: I hope so. Well, you have to remember, it was the mid-80s. PG-13 didn't exist yet. We heard a lot of things. I was a small child whose favorite movie was the Ghostbusters. And let me tell you, as someone who's watched the Ghostbusters since becoming an adult. Oh, no. Right? There's a lot in there that I hope I did not get. So, yeah. I, I appreciate the the whimsy of childish insults. <laughs> but, yeah. So, they start chasing him. And, once again, not even one adult turns to help in this situation. Yeah, the... They, the-
1: The sheer amount of apathy in this town is overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Nobody cares. They knock into people. Someone drops something glass that smashes and they look at the glass and don't say, Hey, stop. Come back here. Why are you blatantly chasing this kid back into a deserted alley? I mean, that's creepy. Wow. That was a really huge sound wave. I'm really sorry for your ears. It's okay.
1: (laughs) This actually stopped me for a good five minutes trying to figure out what it was that broke there. I freeze-framed and went through frame by frame trying to figure out what it is that this guy dropped. The it best, does
0: shatter. It sounds yeah, like It
1: shatters. It looks like there might have been liquid in it, but it's pretty hard to tell the way it breaks. So the, the best guess I could come up with was maybe a milk bottle.
0: Or someone just got started really early. This is the little little wino with
1: his... (laughs) He's not going to make a big fuss when he gets run into. He's used to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the people that they run into as the bullies are chasing him again. Because the bullies chase him down a crowded sidewalk, folks. I mean, this is not a subtle thing that we're talking about. I, I was saying, at least before in the alley, you could say, like, oh, well, no one saw them go into the alley. Poor Bastion moving on. But, like... They're running into people, dodging, weaving in and out.
1: Yes, And
0: nobody stops them. Nobody even like reacts to them until they knock something down. And all the grownups do is turn to that and ignore the blatant abuse chasing going on. I will say
1: I'm impressed that the townsfolk have decided the sidewalks are a safer place to walk than the roads. <laughs> they're, they're limiting their walking to the sidewalks now.
0: That's true. I th- I think the grown-up, you know, well, no, everyone was walk- I was going to say maybe it was because Bastion's a kid, just, you know, walking down the middle of the street, and these are adults who have grown up and become wiser in their older age, but I'm right. pretty sure in that earlier minute, everyone was just walking wherever Yeah, were, it was everybody. Least.
1: There was not just children. Everybody was out in the middle of the street. <laughs> Sebastian finds a door to run into. Mm-hmm. Those bullies were not that far behind him, though. They were no, all they two steps behind him. Went. How did he get in this door without them seeing where he went?
0: The magic of movies. Right. This
1: is movies magic, folks. This is how it happens.
0: The same movie magic ate his book bag. When Bastion runs into the bookstore, he does not have his bag with him. I, I did
1: not catch checked. that. Good job.
0: I checked. It is not there. Ahem. <laughs>
1: And I honestly don't think we see it the rest of the time he's in the bookstore either.
0: I'm trying, I'm trying to keep an eye out to see if it comes up again. Now, before we talk about the bookstore, I did want to give a shout out because yesterday I promised information about the costuming for this movie. Okay. Because I just, as much as I hate the bullies and am kind of scared of them, even though I know I'm an adult and this is a movie and it's not real yet. Okay. Sure. But just in case, it's cool. Uh. <laughs> I went looking for the costuming because I just thought they nailed the 80s look so perfectly. And we've got some great fantasy costuming coming up. And when I look up on IMDb, costume design is by the person who is called the conceptual artist in the opening credits, our old friend, Alderico.
1: Alderico. So now we know why he has such a unique name. He's a fashionista.
0: No, it gets better. The mystery deepens. Okay. All. Credited as Alderico conceptual artist, IMDb page Count Alderico. Oh,
1: my. This
0: is great. But (laughs) he's just listed as the art department, so he's listed as conceptual artist, creature designer, and scenery designer for this film. And then he's artist Skies and Clouds for Flash Gordon. Okay. Then he is involved in the character design for NeverEnding Story 2. They do say he's the costume designer in the Never Ending Story. Those are his only credits. You are right. This is a mystery. Who is this person? <laughs> How is this happening? So, I, there's also someone else listed under costume design, Demut Remy. Okay. A lot of German references and TV and um, made for TV movies on his. So, I didn't see that much about him. And I'm wondering if Alderico did the fantastic stuff. And actually, this person is the guy who would have been doing the kids.
1: That would make sense.
0: You know, and the townspeople and the bookseller, like these normal, the everyday outfits, and then let Count Olderico, which we got to include the Count. This is the greatest detail <laughs> ever. I-, I wonder if he did more of the fantastical stuff, the things we're going to see when we get to Fantasia.
1: I could see him doing the designs for all the creatures that we see. there, all their costuming.
0: Yeah. Well, that-
1: the other guy got to do the town stuff.
0: That tracks it. I I don't know that that is right for the record. Like no offense. If, if someone knows these people's like, Hey, that girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Guys, I'm just making a guess here. I am fully willing to admit that, but I am just so intrigued because you said when you went looking for information on Alderico, you could not find anything.
1: This is correct.
0: And apparently he's a count. And I just want to know when we are getting The movie starring Christopher Lee
1: as him. Tierney, I'm about to break your heart. Are are you ready for this? Go ahead. Go to second 43. And if you scrub forward just slightly, you're going to see that Bastion uses his bag to open the door and drops it immediately inside.
0: No, he
1: doesn't. He does.
0: Sorry, I know this is very exciting audio, but this is important stuff, guys. Oh, he, like, throws it.
1: Yes, he uses the bag to open the door and, like, throws it instantly. Because I saw
0: he had it, but then you never see it, and it's gone. But you're right, he kind of throws it away from him. I have some questions about that direction. That's weird.
1: He was just trying to free up his hands, I think, so he could get the door shut as quickly as possible.
0: I don't like this.
1: It's the librarian you not wanting him to throw his books
0: yeah that's that's totally what happened,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, if you're curious yeah. how I came up, how I came to find where they did this filming, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as he opens the door, there's a big sign in the background of the open door that says "Gas Town auctions hmm. and in doing some research. I found out that Gastown is auctions was part of Vancouver. And that led me to 14 facts that you need to know about the never ending story. And one (laughs) of them was that it was filmed uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia.
0: Now this may be opening a can of worms. We don't want to open, but I have to question it. So, but there's so many German names and I know it was simultaneously like filmed for the German release.
1: This is an easy answer. They did the city filming in Vancouver.
0: But everything else is in most Germany. likely. Okay. Yes. Because I always was like, Oh yeah, they filmed in Germany. Moving on. Blah <laughs> la, la, la.
1: Well don't forget, part of the other reason they had the German ties is because the book was originally written in German, wasn't it? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the book isn't old. The book was just published in nineteen seventy nine. So right. it's not like, oh, it was a traditional German story they adapted. Like this was a <laughs> modern book that got optioned.
1: (laughs) He closes this door, breathes a sigh of relief, and then we Mm -hmm. hear something new. There's a voice. Get out of here. I don't like kids.
0: Alright, I have a question. Alright. How does the person saying that know it's a kid? The door opened and shut, and you are nowhere in sight, sir.
1: (laughs) Maybe he heard the breathing, and he could recognize it as a child's breath? Because Bastion's clearly out of breath there.
0: A stretch.
1: Hey, you're talking to the person that listens for every little bit of audio he can find.
0: That's true, but <laughs> even so, if you were, it's not like the person is sitting right there.
1: All right, so, I have a theory that or, after reading the book myself, I find out that Coriander, who we're going to meet shortly, is actually reading this story as it happens. So he knows Bastion's there because Bastion is in the book as a young boy enters the store.
0: Should we get super meta then?
1: Let's go for it. I
0: don't like kids, but I'm waiting for a kid. And I know Does he know he has to say, get out of here, I don't like kids because it is written? Is he just reading now, what he's to say? You, you've
1: read the book and you know the whole part where the Empress basically does a time loop on herself. <laughs> And the story goes kind of out of control for a little bit, but maybe this is part of that.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly how things line up, but I am enjoying, I feel like the whole Indiana Jones is Han Solo's carbonite fever dream has nothing on our movies. Crazy. What is real? What is not theories.
1: I have always held in my heart after seeing this movie all the way through that, Coriander knows that Bastion's going to be here and is setting him up on purpose.
0: Okay, okay. Which will tie into my notes from, is it next minute or after that?
1: We'll have to see when we get there. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to remember how far. It's a couple minutes from now, but I I will subscribe to the all-seeing
1: Coriander theory. Cool. So we get a brief look. At the inside of this store, which I'm I'm I have to guess that maybe it's a bookstore.
0: It's a Although bookstore. <laughs> I have
1: never ever seen a bookstore that is in such disarray.
0: Oh, there's a used bookstore in Boston that has a table. A lot of used bookstores have a table just like that with the piles of stuff okay. that's still being evaluated before okay. being put for sale. See, this is
1: where your I knew your librarian knowledge was gonna be of great help here.
0: <laughs> I don't know the name of the bookstore in Boston that is by Old South Church. It's in a basement. There's a fluffy kitty that lives in there that hangs out. Uh, but it has it has regular bookshelves along the edge. But then there's also where those su- so the super rare books are behind a counter that you can't get to that only okay. staff can reach. But then there's a huge table in front of it that is just covered and it's it's stuff that has been dropped off that they're evaluating. You know, what are they going to sell it for? What's it worth? Uh books that they're working on, anything that they're doing preservation work on or fixing. Um, and there's a similar table, actually, it's a smaller town, but in Franklin, Massachusetts, there's a used bookstore called The Shire that okay. has also just of uh, this huge table When you walk in, there's bookshelves everywhere and just different sizes and shapes and, you know, stacks of old furniture that is used as that and crates of books. And yeah, usually, usually a big table like that with these piles would be stuff that's kind of being worked on.
1: Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in being, <laughs> yeah, being from the part of Southern California that I am, I never had a chance to actually see a bookstore like this. And, you know, seeing this movie first, I thought, oh, that's what bookstores look like. <laughs> but then the first introduction to bookstores that I get is like Barnes and Noble or, you know, something like that, B. Dalton's. So it was nothing like this. And I was very <laughs> disappointed the first time I went in.
0: oh. Well, I I was a bookseller at a Borders back in the day, and I still, when I go into bookstores like that, I I have to fix the what we call the waterfalls when there are piles of books on tables that they they're supposed to go down on the edges the waterfall the the sizes the water you have to fix the piles right. so that they look nice on display. And anytime I'm bored at a bookstore, I just end up tidying their displays. Like, of course, you do. <laughs> But yeah, this is a great old bookstore. You can tell this is this ain't your local Barnes and Noble folks. This is a cool, rare bookstore.
1: This is the bookstore I always wish I could find as a kid.
0: Well, you'll have to come visit Boston. And I, I they would won't think be about
1: doing that for quite sure.
0: Quite the same as cool as these ones. But um, oh, it isn't the one I was thinking of, but the there is a used bookstore in Boston called the Brattle Bookshop that definitely has a table like this. So there we go. Sorry, I wanted to get a cool. name drop for at least one of them. Because <laughs> I'm always so embarrassed when I can't remember the name of a store. Like, you know, it's that store over there that looks like this. And that's not helpful to people Googling.
1: <laughs> I know we have plenty more time in this, in this building. And it's part of the reason I love it so much is because you get to really explore it mm-hmm. in the cinematography that they use here. You get to see a couple different angles of it and you see the book sitting in different ways.
0: No, this will be great. And if you want to get in touch with us, so we have a page on Facebook. We also have a listener society where we interact with our listeners and share stories, theories, memories, all sorts of stuff.
1: More like the page, more. join the society.
0: Exactly. And we're also on Twitter at Nev Endmin, Nevendmin, N E V E N D M I N. And what's our web address again? I always get it out of order.
1: You can also find us at growlermedia.com. And if you're looking for us personally, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at The Wookie Lives.
0: And I'm known as One Steel Sister and uh i just want to give a shout out to not only growler media but also all the movies by minutes podcasts there are a lot so if you like this format go take a look cause there are tons of movies out there i'm not involved in all of them
1: <laughs> i can almost guarantee you're gonna find other movies that you want to listen to if you if this is your first all right Tierney. i look forward to seeing you in the bookstore again tomorrow
0: that's another story
1: and it should be told another time Wow, something is really different. On a grower. I'm keeping your bones.